Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and we're here every day with a great new interview or teaching topic that we cover. And today, we have one of our favorite returning guests. Actually, he's the returning champion, Mr. Uh, Patrick D. Murphy, not to be confused with any other Patrick Murphy that you may or may not know. And he's an executive at Heartland Payment Systems, which is a global payments company. And he can explain to us what all that means. And I've invited Pat back here specifically because I wanted us to have a really great conversation about relationship sales. So please join me in welcoming Pat Murphy to the Inside BS Show. All right, Pat, welcome back. As the returning champion, you've won the coin flip and you get to go first. So talk about relationship-based sales and what it is and what it isn't. Sure. Thanks, Dave. And, and uh, it's a pleasure once again to be joining you here. Uh, relationships, relationship-based sales is really what I've specialized in throughout my 25 years in the payments industry. And what that is, is leveraging the connections of other people that have influence over the business decisions of the business owners that they work with. So uh, throughout my years at Art Heartland, uh, those types of uh, people are uh, accountants, insurance brokers, uh, point of sale dealers, web developers, and financial institutions. And really throughout uh, my years in the payments industry, a lot of my focus has been on partnerships with uh, financial institutions. And that's uh, in my role since uh, January 1st. Uh, that's what I'm doing is helping uh, develop relationships uh, with financial institutions uh, to make this a win for everybody involved, for uh, our sales team and our company, uh, for the financial institutions that we partner with, and most importantly, our mutual customers. All right. So, look, for you and me, that's, I mean, I think that's the only way I know how to sell. And I think for you, that's the way that you've sold your entire career. But explain to people why it's so uh, unusual for people to talk about relationship-based sales in the payments industry. Talk about your, you know, your typical sales rep who works at Heartland or who works at Global. Uh, talk about what the typical sales rep does all day, every day, and why relationship-based sales is kind of a, you know, you're you're kind of a unicorn at at your company. Right. Uh the, the role of a Heartland sales professional, uh, whether it's in our uh, payments channel or our, our payroll sales channel, uh, those are our two core products. And the, the role is to get more customers uh, each month uh, to be utilizing our services. And, and how they get them, Dave, is really up to them. And it, kind of the, the natural way of, of doing it is that old grinded out sales mentality of uh, going up and down Main Street, knocking on doors. And it's the, the pizza shops and the nail salons, uh, those types of business that uh, we're constantly calling on. Uh, or you could leverage the influence that uh, those other folks have, uh, whether it's uh, like, like I talked about before, accountants, insurance brokers, uh, bankers, point of sale companies. Those are the people that have the influence uh, or any other uh, vendors, too that work with the same target business owners as, as we do. And we, we, we've got four criteria, Dave, of an effective partner um, is, is one uh, that they have influence over the business decisions of their customers. And for an example, a financial institution, generally, if a, a anybody at the bank, whether it's their, their branch manager, 
commercial lender, business development director, uh, cash manager, if they give their customer a recommendation on uh, something financial related, the customer is going to follow their advice. Uh, that, that, that's usually the bottom line. So, so that, that first criteria is the influence that they have over the business decisions of their customers. The second is that they're working with the same target business owners as we do. We want to align ourselves with people that are working with the, the same type of people that we're a good fit for. Uh, the third criteria is that the, uh, the, the partner is in a growth mode like us. Like I said before, Dave, um, our sales reps have goals each month to, to meet. So we're, we're not just managing a portfolio of customers. We're growing a portfolio of customers. We're hunters. And those are the types of people that we want to align with because it works out in a few ways. Is that one, um, if, if we're aligning ourselves with others that are hunters that are in growth mode, that, that means they're going to constantly have a, um, a, a growing portfolio of customers that they can refer to us on, on a regular basis. And the same thing with us. Since we are developing new relationships and new customers each month, that means we have a good pipeline of people to refer to them, which in turn motivates them to uh, refer back to us. And the fourth and final criteria, Dave, is that uh, we are a good fit for the partner, that we are capable of working with the uh, same uh, types of businesses that, that we, they work with. And, and, and for example, a, uh, I, I was contacted last year from a, 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 somebody that is a, has an association in the, the cannabis industry. And un, unfortunately, uh, our, our sponsoring banks don't allow us to bring on uh, cannabis-related businesses for uh, electronic payments. So in that case, we're not, good, we're not a good fit for them. Uh, it wouldn't make sense to align ourselves with them if the businesses that they're referring to us, we're just not capable of bringing on. So those are the four criteria of an effective partner that, that we have. And could be some of those financial-related businesses that um, I talked about before. Uh, could be maybe like the, the local food service rep, Dave. Like, like when I was a, a rep, I live in a, a area, a tourist-based area where there's a lot of hospitality businesses. And I... Uh, partnered with the local Cisco food service rep, and he knew everything personally and professionally about every restaurateur in the area. And he's looked at as more of a, uh, a consultant to the um, business owners. He's not just uh, taking orders for food. Uh, he is uh, giving them recommendations on uh, uh, menu engineering and, uh, and food cost and uh, and everything related to the operations of the business. So if he gives them a recommendation on payments or point of sale or payroll, it's likely the restaurateur is going to take that as well. So there are dozens of other vendors based on the industry that a rep is focusing on that they can align themselves with and uh, ultimately get business referred to them rather than going out knocking on doors, and uh, which is usually at the wrong time for a business owner. So having somebody recommend you uh, gets your foot in the door a lot quicker. All right, so it's it's really important for people who are watching to understand that you didn't just uh, decide, hey, listen, people, you know, this is this is something that that we're gonna do. You're a convert of your own system. So talk about when you were a rep. Uh, talk about like uh, I guess it's it was it is it North Conway Bank? What was the what was the bank that was a that was a you know a good referral source for you? Talk about how you had a relationship with them and how that helped you build your book of business. 
Sure. Uh, my best referral source when I was a, a rep was uh, Northway Bank, which is uh, Northway, yes. Northway Bank, which That's, is my hometown. Okay. Plug for shout out for shout out for Northway Bank. All of our listeners at Northway Bank, it, exactly. Okay, Northway Bank has, uh, has has been my bank for uh, as long as I've been living here in North Conway for for over twenty five years. So uh, I, I partnered with them um, and and provided uh, electronic payment services for their their business customers, and so. All the branches were within an hour's drive from me. Uh, I got a uh, real good uh, relationship developed with really every customer-facing employee in every branch. And, and that's the key, Dave, with a, a financial institution. Uh, if, if you're a vendor of a financial institution, is that when you look at a branch, d depending on uh, their location and, and volume of business, there's at least eight to 10 customer-facing employees in that branch that could be good referral sources for you. So the best thing is, is to get to know every single one of those people, um, be in good communication with them regularly, whether it's uh, dropping by the branch or, uh, or getting in touch with them via email. Like Dave, I know you've always been a big advocate of newsletters, uh, doing that mm -hmm. on, a, on a regular basis. And most importantly, is just keeping them up to date on the status of customers that they've referred to us. Uh, there's really no such thing as over communication when it comes to their customers and keeping them up to date. And they, they take a big risk in referring their customers to any outside vendor because banking is a com very competitive industry. And if, if you go to any uh, busy section of a city or, or, or a town, there's, there's usually dozens of, of banks uh, that are competing for the business of the um, local consumers and business owners. So they're taking a big risk uh, to their relationship with that customer by referring them to an outside vendor. So you really have to prove yourself worthy of earning those referrals and, uh, and give those customers the level of service that's consistent with uh, what the bank offers. So let's let's talk directly to the reps now. We're talking directly to the Heartland executives, the Heartland account executives, and let's explain to them why relationship-based sales is actually easier than transactional sales. So rather than have me do it, you tell them why you, when you were an account executive, why you chose relationship-based sales instead of you know, kicking in a hundred pizza shop doors or barging into nail salons and go, Hey, put that down for a minute. I want to talk to you. Why is, you know, why is relationship sales easier and, and the path of least resistance for the rep? It's, it's easier because you're not doing any of those rough things that you're doing. You're not kicking anything in and you know, you're not grinding it out and you're not walking to a nail salon and interrupting uh, a, a person that's with a customer. So you're, the, the door's open for you when you get a referral versus going in there and, uh, and grinding it out to get that uh, appointment. So it, it comes down to a few things, Dave, though. The accounts that are referred to us uh, by financial institutions, uh, those business owners tend to sign with us a lot quicker. Because like I said before, if a, a banker gives their customer a recommendation on anything financially related, the customer is going to follow their advice. They have a lot of trust in that banker that's going to look out for the best interest of their business. And if the banker recommend, gives them the recommendation, they're going to follow it. So it's a very shorter sales cycle uh, when, when it comes to these types of referrals. Uh, you get the appointment right away, and they, they tend to close uh, a, a lot quicker. The second is uh, 
is that the, the, the price is kind of taken out of the equation, Dave, when it, when it comes to these referrals. Because again, the recommendation of the banker means a lot. Our business sometimes uh, gets, gets confused with being commoditized with a lot of promises of lower rates and, uh, and, and lower costs, and, and which oftentimes don't always happen. So with, with uh, the recommendation of somebody that a business owner trusts, then uh, there's a lot less haggling over cost and, and more over the value that is consistent with the person that uh, referred us in there. And the third is retention. Our company analytics show us that accounts referred by a financial institution uh, tend to stay with us significantly longer than those mm. uh, that uh, we're getting through our, our the traditional grinded out uh, methods. So th those three things, a shorter sales cycle, um, higher average, what we call margin per deal, and longer retention from accounts that are referred to us uh, through a trusted partner, such as a financial institution, rather than uh, than those that we're, we're getting cold by cold calling. And, and the other thing too, Dave, is throughout the pandemic now, uh, business owners aren't quite open, as open to talking to uh, somebody that they don't know. But if somebody mm -hmm. that they trust recommends you, then you're in. And when the pandemic hit a year ago and uh, things were shut down, you know, our, our sales reps still, uh, still need to make a living and business owners still needed help operating their business. And so those that had strong partnerships, uh, those were the ones that, that not only survived through the th pandemic, but in a lot of cases increased their business during the pandemic uh, because bankers, uh, web developers, accountants, insurance brokers, they were all getting calls from their customers uh, needing help with certain parts of their business. So those members of our sales team who had strong connections in those industries were top of mind uh, when a need came up uh, from one of the customers of one of those uh, folks that we had a relationship with. Yeah, I, I, you know, the the focus on going in and connecting with all the customer facing employees in one place also has to be easier as far as a wear and tear uh, factor is concerned, too, because I know. So let's say today's Friday and today I go to three branches of Northway Bank. So basically, that's my whole day. But I know at these three branches, I'm going to meet six or seven people at each branch. So I'm going to touch, you know, 15, 20 people, and that gives me 15 or 20 advocates who are going to get in front of customers every day for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. So I make three calls, I drive to three locations, and I hang out at each location for 45 minutes and talk to people or an hour and talk to people. You know, to me, to my mind, that's a much easier day than driving to a strip mall and going into every business in that strip mall with the exception of the, you know, the big box store or whatever. You know, I got to go into 15 smaller businesses, the ones that are around the back, the ones that are up the flight of stairs too, right? And I got to knock on doors and meet people who are like, who are you? How'd you get in here? Why are you talking to me, right? So it's less wear and tear on me. 
And then I would imagine, talk to me about the, the maintenance of those relationships. Is it easier to maintain those relationships than if I get a, you know, I have, I have a thousand nail salons. There's no way I can touch base with a thousand nail salon owners every month, right? So it's got to be easier to maintain the relationships that you're talking about. It definitely is. Uh, when we're providing good value to our partners, then they're going to go to bat for us uh, when it comes to retention of existing customers. And if uh, maybe a customer is, is at a bank branch and they, they say, oh, by the way, there was a, a, another company that, that promised to come in and, and save us a lot of money and, and said that uh, Heartland is overcharging us. Um, I, I was thinking of going with them. Uh, if we have a good relationship with that banker, the banker is likely to say, hey, hold on a second. I'll, I'll, I'll call Pat and we'll, we'll review things. But they've done a great job for us. And uh, I, I can be certain that you're getting a, a great deal with them. So having uh, that extra advocate, that extra layer of retention efforts, uh, and not only with bankers, but with other industries as well uh, that we partner with, uh, it really helps the retention efforts. And it really helps in, yeah. in the maintenance efforts too. So you're absolutely right, Dave. There is a little bit less wear and tear having that extra extra layer of advocacy for our uh, company. All right. So now let's walk the let's walk the folks through how you establish a relationship. Let's start with banks, and then we can talk about CPAs. We can talk about web developers down the road. We can talk about associations. But let's start with banks. So I'm, you know, I'm a new Heartland uh, executive. I want to develop a relationship with a bank. Um, what, what do I do? So I, I, you know, I see a bank. I'm like, that would be a bank I'd like to work with. How do I, how do I get started? Well, the misconception is, is that people want to find the decision maker at the bank. And that could be the, the president or the CEO or somebody up, up at that upper level. And honestly, they, 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 they don't really have the time for something like this, even though they are the person that are the ultimate signers and the ultimate decision makers. But we need to make connections that we'll, we'll call our level, the same level as our sales reps, so the, the people that we can have an impact on at the bank, people who we could potentially change their lives. Uh, so, and I mentioned that before, Dave, like the, the, the branch manager, commercial lender, uh, business development or cash management director, those type of people that are hands-on with the business customers. And the best way to find that person or, or connect with the right person at, at the bank would be to ask your customers. And a, a real good opportunity for our sales reps, Dave, is that when we're signing a new customer up, we need to pick up a voided check because we're transmitting the money from their credit card terminal into their, their bank account. So we need a voided check to know where to send that. So the, the best thing to do is uh, take a look at the bank on that check and just ask the, the business owner, Hey, just wondering, uh, are you happy with that bank? And if they say yes, then say, uh, that's great. I'm actually looking for a local bank to partner with and recommend to my customers. I was wondering if you let me know who, who it is that you work with at your bank. And again, that, that might be the, uh, the, the, somebody in the business banking, commercial lender, branch manager, uh, whatever. And so get the name of that person. And uh, if conditions in your area are okay and the, the bank is physically open, uh, drop in and introduce yourself and said, uh, hi, my name is Pat. Uh, a mutual customer of ours recommended that I get in touch with you. And uh, we work with business owners uh, throughout the area. I'm looking for a bank to partner with to recommend to my customers because quite often 
I get asked by my customers uh, for a recommendation for a bank. So I'd like to learn a little bit about you so I could uh, refer you to my customers. And probably nine times out of 10, Dave, we'll, we'll get an appointment with them because we're leading with bringing them yeah. business. We're leading with a way that we can help them. And, and so many bankers get uh, vendors and sales reps and people coming in that want something from them, but we're leading with bringing something to them. And that's the difference maker. So the if you go in leading with our products, uh, electronic payments, e-commerce, point of sale, a payroll, they're going to be like, I'm, I'm all set or we're under contract. That's, that's probably their biggest put off, Dave, is we're under contract. Mm -hmm. If you lead mm -hmm. with bringing them business, they're not going to say, uh, hey, we're all set. Uh, we've got enough customers. Right. Right. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about the, you know, if I was going to target, uh, you know, a banking relationship, I, you know, I'm not going to go to my local Chase branch or my Bank of America branch or my Citibank branch. I mean, people bank at those at those places. But, you know, in the pandemic, if you tried to apply for a PPP loan, let's say, and you wanted to get somebody at Chase or Citibank or Bank of America to help you, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, like you said, in a lot of places, you can't even get in a branch. So talk about regional banks or uh, local banks and why they're a better fit. Right. The, the community banks uh, tend to <coughs> tend to be very hands on with their customers. Just just like you said, Dave, they, they, um, they, they respond very quickly. Uh, they're, they're very well known in the community and you know, it's one of those banks, Dave, when you're a local area, when they refer to as the bank. And and so uh, decisions are made locally and they, they tend to be made quicker. So uh, th those community banks are, are real good, uh, real good people to partner with. And, and on, on the other hand, too, just uh, if, if you're talking to a business owner and they do bank with a, a you know, a national bank or something like that, it, 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 it never hurts to introduce yourself to a local banker. And it's, I, I would say it's, it's good. No, if you can get the, yes. if they have a private banking relationship, if they have somebody who takes care of their account there, that's gold. That is a gold mine. But if it's just, well, I just walk in and whoever, whoever comes up to me at the front door takes care of me type of thing. You know, I mean, they're not going to remember you from, from anybody else. And maybe right? it might just be a kiosk anyway. But yeah. Yeah, but no uh, I, I would say, you know, you know, Dave, remember Wayne Gretzky always said you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take. And I, I equate that into sales, too. Um, you miss an opportunity with 100 uh, percent of the uh, bank executives that you don't introduce yourself to. So, yeah, and that's that's an excellent point. So remember that where, you know, even though this is business to business, this is people to people. So if you're, if you're a golf at a golf tournament and they pair you in, they put you in a foursome with a guy who's a private banker at bank of America, you know, hang out with that guy and talk to him because he, he determines who he gives his personal endorsement to bank of America may have their own card processing, but he may say to Joe of Joe's fish and tackle, Hey, Joe, listen, 
you know, you you need to use Heartland. And here's the reason why my buddy Pat Murphy is the guy who is, you know, my rep and he takes care of everything for my people, the people that I refer. It's one point of contact. It's far better for you to call Pat than to go with the people who we have a national contract with. I see that happen all the time in my business. I'm sure you see it too. Right. It all comes down to the personal relationship, Dave. It, it, it all comes down to uh, developing that relationship with the people know you, like you, and trust you. And it, it, it's all rapport. And one of the things that I talk about often over the years is the, the best way to get strong business and our top performers around our company they earn their business because they stretch that connection that they have with their partners from a, a professional level to a personal level. And when they really mm -hmm. get to know people personally, then they um, build more rapport with them. Uh, they earn more trust through that relationship. And when that happens, they get more referrals and better quality referrals. And so, you know, these type of people are, are going to that next level. Uh, they, they may be going out to lunch or having coffee with uh, with their partners, but they're also doing things after hours. Maybe, maybe they're having dinner. Maybe they're getting together with each other's families, uh, inviting mm -hmm. each other to uh, ball games uh, when the ballparks open up uh, or, or, right. or, or things like that. I mean, we, we've got a rep that's on a basketball team with uh, the point of sale company that he works. And, and, and uh, I hear stories about our reps uh, inviting their bank partners to their weddings. So uh, when you stretch that connection from a professional level to a personal level, that's where the stronger referrals uh, and the more frequent referrals come from. Yeah, no, that's terrific. All right, let's talk about some of the other groups that make good uh, makes make good sense for you to reach out for relationship connections with. And you know, if you're listening to this today, obviously you're probably not in the payment processing business. You may not be in the payroll processing business, but relationship sales still applies to you. And the idea is. And what I'm talking about with Pat today is getting in front of people who share your ideal client or customer, right? So in Pat's case for payment processing, banks are ideal because banks, people go to banks for everything related to payments and getting paid. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, CPAs, for example. So, you know, my, uh, I have a, I have a bookkeeper. A lot of businesses have bookkeepers. Sometimes their bookkeeper and their CPA are the same person. And the, the bookkeeper comes to me and says, listen, we need to take credit cards. You're missing out on a lot of business because you don't take credit cards. I have a relationship with, uh, Joe Smith at Heartland Payment Systems here locally. Let me get you, let me get you paired up with him and he can tell you how you can start taking credit cards tomorrow. Does that happen a lot? Do do CPAs yes. have that kind of influence, or bookkeepers have that kind they of? They do. They right right up there with with bankers, Dave. And you know, when you if you ask a good business owner who they go to for advice for their business, a lot of them are going to say their CPA. It might be their CPA, it might be their uh, the banker. It might depend on the type of year that the time of year that you're asking that question. Uh, right right mm. now with uh, with uh, you know tax time, they're really connected with their CPA, or, or maybe during PPP loan time, maybe it's their their banker. So. It really depends, but they're right up there because uh, bankers are, I mean, uh, accountants are all about managing the cash flow of the business uh, that, that they work with. And there's so many uh, products and services that we offer, uh, both on the payment side and the payroll side, 
that can uh, help a uh, CPA help their customers. Okay. So how did you guys determine who good relationship, uh, who good relationship targets would be? Did you, did you go to your customers and you say, Hey, tell us who you work with. And then you went out and sought those people out. Cause you also like to target web developers too, right? Right. Uh, we have, uh, very, very robust, uh, what range of solutions for e-commerce for online payments. And so when you look at who has influence over a business uh, owner when it comes to online payments solutions, uh, the web developer does because they're, they're putting together the website for a customer and the, the customer doesn't know much about electronic payments uh, and interfacing their shopping cart and such. Uh, so that's why we align ourselves with, with, with uh, web developers or digital marketing agencies, again, leveraging that influence that they have over the types of businesses that they work with. Okay, so now let's talk broadly to all the sales professionals out there who are listening. Can you think this does this work in just about any industry? Can just about anybody focus on relationship based sales rather than knocking on doors and cold calling? Because cold calling, I mean, it's hard and nobody likes to be cold called. You think this works for everybody? I, I think it should. And uh, and just drawing back on my experience, Dave, when I was a rep. I was in a networking group here in New Hampshire with uh, several people that uh, were suppliers to the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry. And so we had uh, a point of sale dealer, uh, a food service rep, uh, music licensing company, pest control company, um, a, a dairy product rep. So we had all different vendors to the restaurant industry. And all, all selling our own products, we, we, we had a rule that only uh, one person from each industry could be in the group. So I was the representative from the electronic payments industry. So I didn't have any competitors uh, in there. So we all watch each other's back. We, we met once a week and the rule for that, I'm mean, sorry, we met once a month. And, and a, a rule for that meeting was you had to bring five referrals. And so one person that headed up the group uh, he would compile everything in the spreadsheet. And if you came to that meeting with five referrals, chances are you came away with 25. And so mm -hmm. it, it was a real good group. Uh, these other people that were selling a wide range of, of products and services all saw a lot of value in it. And we all helped each other out. And uh, it, it was great for me over the years because even if, in, if I advanced into other roles within the company, uh, there were some people that uh, I, I developed formal partnerships with. There were some that I, I even hired uh, to come work for Heartland, uh, based on, uh, getting to know them through that, that group. So th that, that group, uh, really helped me out, uh, personally and professionally, but at the same time, it does show that relationship based sales, uh, works in a wide range of industries. Okay. So let's talk about resistance, right? Cause you're, you're a manager now you're, you lead people. What resistance do you get from people who say, no, 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 Murphy, I'd rather knock on doors. I'd rather interrupt nail technicians who are doing people's nails. I'd rather go into a barber shop and pester the crap out of a barber. Like why do people resist developing relationships with other people who share a common client with you? Why, why, do, why do people resist this? I think it's a lack of patience, Dave. They, they could walk into that, uh, pizza shop and potentially make a sale in, in that one close and, and get a paycheck as a result of that sale next week. 
with the relationship, it does take time. Because as I remember, or as I said before, you have to uh, build some rapport with them and get them to know you, like you, and trust you uh, before referrals can come your way. Sometimes it happens pretty quick, but it does take a little bit of time. So a, a, a very strong Heartland rep balances that thing uh, with uh, making some proactive calls each day, but at the same time, uh, doing some things that uh, your future self will thank you for. Because bottom line is, we need a paycheck every week. We need to make sales every week and every month. So do some things now that will earn you business uh, at, at, the, uh, at, at, at some point. And again, that, that business that you earn as a result of the partnerships will close faster. Uh, you'll be able to hold higher revenue for those and those accounts will uh, stay with you longer. So it, sometimes it's just that lack of patience, Dave, is the resistance that we get when it comes to relationship-based sales. Yeah. So now you haven't been in a direct sales role probably in, I'm going to guess and say it's probably 14 or 15 years. Um, I Do you still get calls from people who you had relationships with? Like the people at Northway Bank, are they picking up the phone and going, hey, Pat, we got a client for you? Uh, yes, because they're still a partner of ours. So I just, I just manage it rather than... Uh, yeah, but my my point is that that's the durability yeah. of the relationship, yeah. right? You you haven't been out knocking on the, their door for fifteen years. I mean, maybe you stop in if you're driving to a kid's practice or something and say hi to people, but you're not actively going there and going, "Hey, how's it going? Anybody got any problems I can solve today?" You're, but they still call you fifteen years later, right? And also, the customers that they referred to me fifteen or even twenty years ago are still with us. So if you look at my portfolio of customers, and certainly a lot in the world has changed in 15 and 20 years, um, but the, sure. the customers of mine that I had 15 to 20 years ago here at Heartland that are still with us, probably about 90% of those were referred to me through a financial institution. Yeah, I mean, we've added new football and baseball teams to the major leagues in that time, and I'm still with Pat Murphy. <laughs> You know, countries' leaderships have changed, but I'm still with Pat Murphy. Right. I mean, what could be better than that? Right. right. <laughs> All right. So let's do uh, let's do stupid questions now. I love uh, I love stupid questions. What stupid questions do you get? Not from your customers because your customers are smart, but what stupid questions do you get from people who don't understand relationship based sales? What do they ask you? Let's answer those questions so that the people listening will never ask these questions in the future. Maybe not a stupid question, but a stupid statement is, um, hey, I. Uh, uh, you, you assigned me to that that bank a month ago. I haven't gotten any leads. That bank's a lousy bank. Mm, and okay, yeah. And no, it, it isn't a lousy bank because they're they've got you know ten branches in in and around Boston in busy areas, and uh, and they have to stay in business, so they can't be a lousy bank. But w what it is 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 uh, when I get statements like that, I ask some questions to the rep about their activity with the bank. And, and I might say, well, tell, tell me, Dave, if you were to walk into a branch of that bank, how many of those customers, I mean, I'm sorry, how many of those customer facing employees would you know by name? And it usually gets them thinking, well, probably not that many. And second mm -hmm. question, if you were to walk into that branch of that bank, how many, how many people 
would know you and what you can do for their customers, what problems you can solve for their customers. And that usually stops right. them dead in their tracks. It's, it's those two questions. Right. How many people do you know and how many of those people know you? And more specifically, what problems you can solve for your customers, you can solve for their customers. Yeah. So what about the question? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. So you, 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 you know, you preface that and you said, Hey, the bank hasn't sent me anything yet. So I think we got to remind people the earth rotates around the sun. The sun doesn't rotate around the earth. Right. So we got to do something proactively to demonstrate that we want a relationship with them. So like talk about some of the things that you counsel your your uh, your team members to do in order to show the bank that they're serious about a relationship. So, you know, what do you what do you counsel folks to do to show banks that, hey, listen, I'm in this to help you as much as I want you to help me? Right. And so the first thing we talked about already was just developing a personal relationship with those people mm -hmm. at the bank. The second thing is is uh, bringing them business. And most of our Heartland reps have a, a large portfolio of customers uh, in the area that they serve or, or the area where they partner with a financial institution or, or any other uh, type of, of partner uh, that they could refer to their, uh, to their financial institution partners. Uh, or maybe, uh, maybe there's other customers uh, in, in the area of ours that may, you know, maybe you have a new Heartland rep and uh, they, they could still refer some existing customers ours. The, the, the best thing is, is, is to just ask the banker, say, hey, is there any, any business here in the local area that you'd like me to introduce you to? Because they may mm -hmm. already be a customer of ours. So either referring the business directly or just going in there and making an introduction. And uh, if there's a customer that we have and the, the banker said, boy, I'd, I'd really like, like to meet uh, Tony from Tony's uh, – Italiano Ristorante and say, great. I, I would go in, into Tony's and say, um, hey, I just wanted to drop by, see how things are going. Thank you for doing business with Heartland. Uh, by the way, this is Dave from the bank down the street. And uh, he, he works with a lot of businesses in the area as well. And if you're ever looking for an alternative to any of your banking needs, Dave's your guy. And so if, if you do that a few times a week uh, with your, your partners, chances are the partners are likely to reciprocate and do the same thing for you. You know, and uh, here's a here's a little uh, little known, little used strategy, but I've I've used it effectively with people in all industries. I've used it with lawyers. I've used it with CPAs. We've used it with product salespeople. So you're let's say your company has a membership somewhere to a group or an organization and typically a small business owner can't afford that membership have the, the 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 rep from the company can take one of their one of their small business owner clients or one of their banking cl clients their referral partner or the person that they're establishing a relationship with to that event and the the um the example i give all the time is pre-pandemic we had miami marlins season tickets here in miami my family and i are big baseball fans but the marlins have a business community and everyone around the uh the biz the marlins who owns a business uh can participate in the business community events so i 
you know, talk to my clients. I said, who else here is a baseball fan? Oh, I'm a huge baseball fan. Well, do you go to games? Yeah, I go to games from time to time. Well, you know, the I, I belong to this Marlins business community, uh, and we have seminars every month. Why don't you come to the seminar uh, this month with me? And we, you know, go to the seminar. I introduce them to executives from the Marlins. It was that that seminar happened to be on esports, and the person was really into esports, and they got to learn about it. We got to have a nice lunch with other members of the business community, and my referral partner really appreciated the fact that I brought them to this and introduced them to 15 different people that he can do business with, and he took pictures with people from the Marlins and other business people in the community. I mean. You don't have to go into the bank or into the CPA's office or, you know, you don't have to meet with the web developer and have business every single time. You can do other really cool stuff with them that they will appreciate and that will help their business that they'll that they'll really be into. Have you done stuff like this in the past? I, I have. And, uh, and, and, you know, one of the things, too, Dave, is just uh, and I know it's a little challenging now because of the, the, the pandemic, but. One of the most valuable things I, I did was just dropping by and, you know, with the Northway Bank, as I mentioned, it's, it's been the bank that I do my personal business at. So I always used to um, make it a point that even if there's something I could probably do electronically tra uh, transaction wise, I would go do it in person just to get in front of them. And 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 sure. a lot of times they welcome me into their office. And since I was the rep, I was the one on the street in and out of businesses all day. They, they'd like me to drop by and they, they just want to know what's going on. You know, what, what, what yeah. I know, what's, the, the pulse of the community, you know, who is uh, who's looking to expand their business, who's looking to um, add a new location, who, who might be on their way out or whose business might be for sale. So just kind of hanging out in the office and uh, and and uh, chit chatting about the, the business community uh, was always valuable for both of us. You know, you brought up something really important that we didn't touch on, right? Do business with your clients. I mean, I don't care what business you're in. Use your client services. Oh, my God. This is a no-brainer. It's, you know, I can't tell you how often, oh, you know, uh, you know I, uh, XYZ Bank is a, is a great client of mine. Do you have a checking account there? No. Why don't you have a checking account there? You know, did you apply for a home equity loan there? No. Well, you know, you need a home equity loan. Apply at your client's bank. Right. You know, do you, uh, uh, Tony's, uh, Tony's Italian Restaurante is a client. How many times a year do you eat dinner there? I would be bringing my family there once a month because they're a client. I, I just, I, you know, it just drives me freaking nuts when people don't do business with their clients. Now, somebody's going to say, Tony, hey, Dave. putting yourself in the shoes of Tony, if you're trying to get uh, the, the business from Tony's uh, Italian Restaurante, and then Tony sees your car parked at the Olive Garden, is Tony going to want to do business right. with you? Or, or Tony goes on your Facebook page and sees your kid's birthday party at the at the Olive Garden. Even worse. Oh, my God. You know, come on. These people are putting food on your table. The least you can do is spread the wealth around a little bit. And people say to me all the time, and I, I used to get this um, when I was at Gallup and, and I had other people working for me. 
I used to get, hey, Dave, how many checking accounts can I have? You can have an infinite number of checking accounts with $5 in it. You know, it gives you an excuse to go in the bank and deposit another $20. I mean, we can all afford to spread $20 at 15 different banks around town. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to It's not gonna be the end of the world. And by the way, while you're there, fill out a freaking credit card application or, you know, do something else that shows them that you're interested in helping them be successful. My financial advisor once said to me, hey, listen, I got, uh, you know, I, I get, uh, I receive an incentive. I, I can go on a trip if I get uh, five mortgage applications uh, filled out over the course of a year. I don't do mortgages. I got three. I need two more mortgages. I called up my wife's uncle and I said, listen, you're buying an investment property. Call Perry and fill out a mortgage application for Christ's sake. The guy wants to go to Aruba with his wife. And he did. And you know what? He got a great mortgage and Perry was able to go on the trip. I mean, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer to do business with your clients. Now, look, if your client sells private jets, right? And you can't afford a private jet. I'm not telling you that, 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 you know, you got to go out and figure out a way to buy a private jet. That's just stupid. But what you can do is you can make sure that you're, that's the guy you're taking to that exclusive event where he could meet somebody who could, you know, who could potentially, uh, work with him on private jets, or you take him uh, and you put him in your foursome for golf at your country club where there are affluent people who hang out. The idea is think about the other person first. That's what we're talking about here. Think about your partner, your referral partner first. Now, I want to touch on the, the thing you mentioned. Now, you, you called it like a leads group. One of the things we have our clients do on a regular basis is form these power teams. And the power team is like a smaller version of that leads group, right? So if you work at Heartland, you would have a CPA. You'd probably have like a, a banker who uh, was a business banker at a, at a community bank, but a good-sized community bank. You may, uh, you may also have like somebody who does what I do, but for local businesses, like a business coach, you may also want an insurance guy to be part of your power team. And the deal is you alternate weeks. So this week, Pat Murphy from Heartland is out selling the insurance guy's business and he's selling the, um, the business coach's business. So Pat goes and talks to three of his clients and he says to them, hey, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. He's a business coach. He's done great things for me and for the people that I know. I think you guys would really hit it off. And you do that with three people. So you give the business coach three referrals that week. And then you meet with three other business owners and say, hey, when does your insurance expire? Oh, uh, it's month to month. Oh, great. I want you to meet my buddy, Joe. He sells uh, commercial insurance. Let him give you a quote. If he doesn't save you any money, you don't have to go with him. But give, let him give you a quote just to see how much money he could potentially save you. So every week you are focused on two other people's businesses. But the beauty of it is there's four other people out there who are focused on you every single week. Somebody's out pitching you and you don't have to worry because you're gonna get introductions and referrals from them. And that's called the power team concept. And it's kind of like Pat's leads group. Pat was focused on the restaurant industry because, you know, payment processing restaurants are great for them. But if you're in a professional services business, you're a lawyer, you're a CPA, you can form your own power team and have other people out selling you every week. And the only price of admission is that you make introductions for them every week. And what I found, and Pat, you tell me if you found this too, we go and work harder for other people than we would ever work for ourselves. Right. So I, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta impress Pat. So I gotta get three really good introductions for him this week. Has that been your it, experience? It is, and, and that's one thing too, Dave, uh, that, that we haven't really mentioned is 
having those partners uh, specifically like in a structured group like like my we called it the contact club in the mm-hmm. the group that you just talked about is there's a little more accountability and if you're just the the um lonely uh independent sales rep that that doesn't have a network and you're just knocking on doors each day um you, you don't really have that accountability other than to yourself uh, but right. uh so sometimes you need a little shot in the arm and that's what that contact club did for me was it, it did kind of force me to be a little bit more organized and, and think about uh, the needs of my partners in that group. And if I did, it all, all come, came around and paid off for me because the, the harder I work for them, the, the harder they work for me. And if I, I gave somebody a referral for their ideal customer, you know, chances are they're going to work very hard to reciprocate for me. Yeah. All right, so now let's plug Heartland. Let's talk about how good Heartland has been to you. You, I've watched your career grow. I mean, you know, in full disclosure, those of you who don't know, I've known Pat since 19, probably 1989, 1990 maybe. And, uh, you know, what February was that, of 1990, when I moved to. There you go, February of 1990. Uh, we go back to the hospitality industry together, but. Pat got into the uh, the payment processing business and then he sold his business to Heartland and became an executive with Heartland Payment Processing. And then Heartland bought a payroll company and now Heartland does a whole host of other things. Talk about how great Heartland is. And this is the this is the shameless plug promotion, uh, a portion of the show. Talk about how great Heartland is for people who want to. Well, first of all, for people who want to make money, your income is uncapped. But talk about how great Heartland is and how how people can grow with Heartland over the years, because I've watched your career and now you're a you're a real big shot at Heartland. And you started off, you know, just calling on people, knocking on doors, just like everybody else. Right. It's it's first of all, from a financial standpoint, uh, Dave, as you mentioned, it's an uncapped career opportunity. And um, you, you get paid, um, you know, our, our standard compensation plan, you would get a, a signing bonus up front when you a uh, customer that you sign uh, goes live. But you also get monthly residuals for as long as that customer is processing with us. So I'm still getting paid on the customers that I signed 20 years ago. And uh, again, a lot of those customers came as referrals from from trusted partners. But um, that that residual income stream uh, builds up over the years, and I've had been able to use, use that for for kids to, to put through college and you know renovations to my home and, and such. Uh, and the key part of that is the portfolio equity. So once you get vested in your career at Heartland, uh, then you have ownership of that uh, portfolio that portfolio that you've built, and you can sell back a portion of it at a time uh, to the company. And so, again, I've been able to rely on that portfolio equity uh, for major investments like uh, my children's education, uh, in, in investments in my home and, and, and things like that. But overall, we, we just have an amazing uh, culture. Our uh, president of Heartland and our uh, Vince Lombardo, our chief sales officer, Mike Bronick, all started off in that same uh, role as a relationship manager and have worked their way up. So. We've got excellent leadership and an excellent culture and, and people that have walked in the steps of our reps and understand what it's like. And uh, we, we've done so much over the years to really improve the quality of life for our, our sales team because they're just really the, the backbone of, of our organization. Uh, numerous uh, times we've been recognized by Selling Power magazine as the number one uh, company in America to sell for. And again, just a 
uh, in amazing culture where, um, you know, we, we really uh, put our, our sales team and our, our, our partners and most importantly, our customers. Uh, I, I can't say you put all three of them first, but but we, we hold certainly all three in very high regard. Right. So you were you were able to put uh, the dozens and dozens of kids that you have through uh, through college by by having a very nice, very nice financial compensation package at Heartland. And Vince Lombardo is out there buying planes and he started uh, and he started as a relationship manager. Right. So whatever your goals are in life, you know, financially, you can achieve them. And, you know, the thing that strikes me is you not only have made a great financial living, but talk about how uh, Heartland has recognized you uh, over the years and promoted you into different leadership roles. Because as long as you and I have been working together, you've been in some type of leadership role and you just keep getting promoted. It seems like every couple of years without fail, you get promoted and it's really based on the the, the performance that you have. So uh, talk a little bit about well, that. Well, one thing too, it, it's definitely a growing industry, Dave, uh, the electronic payments industry. And it, 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 we've always had a need for, for expertise and, uh, and, and leadership along the way. And I've taken advantage of a lot of the, the, the training and not only training, but I've had a lot of mentors along the way uh, w within the, the company. Uh, in addition to, uh, to you being a mentor of mine uh, for, for many years as well. And, and Dave, one, one part of that too is when we think back of our days when you and I worked together at Marriott in, in the early 90s, and both of us were right out of college uh, with, with our, our bachelor's degree. And I always tell people my, my time at Marriott was my, um, my equivalent of an MBA because right. the, the leadership training that we got there uh, not only was uh, probably the best in the hospitality industry, but I, I, I thought it gave me the tools and, and, and gave me the skills uh, to, to really succeed anywhere. And w one of the, the biggest areas where that's often debated is what makes a good sales leader, a sales manager? And do you take the best sales rep and make them a manager? Uh, it doesn't always work out. Uh, and, and sometimes it backfires that, that you may have made a bad move for the culture of the organization. At the same time, you might have ruined the career of the person that you made the bad decision to promote. So right. Having that experience from Marriott uh, and all that leadership training um, and, and all, those, all, all those nights that you and I work till five in the morning, um, really, really helped in, in a couple of ways because one, it, it gave me the, the leadership skills to be an effective sales leader here, but also in terms of sales and, and, and you know, in the hotel industry, you, you can't say no to a guest. You got to find a way to make it happen. And you and I spent like three years together in Westchester, just constantly finding ways to make things happen with challenging customers. Um, and, and with, with all kinds of, uh, I shouldn't say demands, but all, all, all kinds of uh, needs and requirements. Well, they were they were demands. They absolutely were demands. <laughs> so, so, um, so, just just having those years of just finding a way to make things happen, no matter what, um, really equipped me for a career in sales too. Because that that's what I ended up doing when I had family support and one hundred percent performance based sales um, opportunity. You got to find a way to make things happen. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the best salespeople, I'm going to say this again, the best salespeople want that uncapped potential, that uncapped uh, earning potential. If you're a salesperson and you're looking for a salary, you're in the wrong profession. 
okay? If you're an entrepreneur or you think of yourself as an entrepreneur and you're looking for a salary, you, you, you need to go get a job. And there's, look, there's nothing wrong with having jobs. My father worked for IBM for 40 years. My mother worked for IBM for 18 years. They had jobs, and those were great jobs. And they put me through college, and they, we lived very, a very nice life. Having a job is great. If you want a, a predictable salary, you can go get a job, and I'm sure you can probably get a good one. But if you want uncapped earning potential, you got to get into sales or you've got to become an entrepreneur, even if you're a professional, you've got to own your own professional services firm. You got to own your own law firm. You got to own your own uh, CPA firm, or you've got to join a firm that offers you, and there are some law firms out there that offer uncapped potential if you bring in new clients. That's the beauty of a company like Heartland. It's the beauty of owning your own business. Your earning potential is uncapped. You get to, you know, Pat told you at the beginning, you get to pretty much write your own ticket, decide what you do all day, every day. You know, if at the end of the month you didn't sign up any clients, well, you're going to be hungry. I mean, physically hungry. So the motivation is going to always be there. All right, Pat. So somebody heard this interview and they want to come work for Heartland. What should they do? Best thing to do is go to our website, uh, heartland.us. Uh, you, you can find out a great deal about the products and services that, that we offer. And there's a, a career page as well. Um, our, our, also, our sales leadership uh, team is uh, very active on LinkedIn. And uh, you can certainly, uh, if you search Heartland on LinkedIn, you may be able to find our, our division manager or sales vice president that's uh, in, in your local area. All right. So if people want to get a hold of you and they want to find out the uh, the secrets to Murphy's relationship based sales, how can uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they, they can certainly find me on LinkedIn, uh, Patrick Murphy, uh, Heartland Payment Systems, uh, or um, my email is uh, patrick.murphy at heartland.us. All right, folks, we're going to put all that information in the uh, in the show notes. I encourage you to take a look at Heartland and reach out to Pat. And if you have any questions, reach out to Pat or anyone from the Heartland team. They'll be happy to answer them for you. It's a great company. I've, I've worked with Pat for 15 years. I've known him, it seems like, forever, probably for 30 or more. And he's uh, he's risen up through the ranks. You could do it too. You can you can make a fortune working for Heartland if you uh, if you follow Pat's guidance here today. And if you're in any other type of service industry, I encourage you to take what we said about relationship-based sales to heart and focus on having an external orientation, helping other people first, and then watch what happens when they send business back to you, when they refer business back to you. So this is the Inside BS Show. We're here every day and we take you inside business strategy, share the insider business secrets with you. Today, I shared the insider business secrets with you from Heartland Payment Systems and particularly from Pat Murphy, who is an executive with Heartland Payment Systems on their relationship-based sales team. I want you to join us here every day for another great episode. We'll be right back here again tomorrow with another great episode. I want to thank Pat Murphy for joining me today, and I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you right back here again tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.